Hi, I'm Justine Cullen, Editor-in-Chief of Elle magazine. This is our very first podcast and I feel very lucky that I'm breaking my podcast <laughs> cherry in with a very good friend of mine, our December cover girl, Zoe Foster-Blake. That's me. Hi. I wanted to do this podcast in agony art form because you are the best problem solver I know. I feel the same way about you. So that's good for both of us, but I don't know if we're equipped to deal with real people's problems. We are not at all qualified to do this, but we're going to give it a red hot we go. We are. So exciting. Hello, Anna speaking. Hi, Anna. This is Justine and Zoe from the L podcast. Hi, Anna. How are you doing? Hi. You're in New York. We're jealous. Uh, Oh, yeah. It's freezing cold at the moment. We're still jealous. uh, That's the downside, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. It's pretty cool. Tell us about your situation. We went travelling, got married at the start of this year, went travelling, ended up coming and staying in New York. Uh, so now I'm here going through the whole immigration process, which means I'm on my own because I can't work. And I'm realising that the only way I've ever made friends is either through work or school or where I've lived. And I don't have all that. And I'm just like, how the hell do you make friends as an adult? It's this new thing, and I'm trying to figure out how to do it without those regular sort of safety nets. I think it's a great question, and I I, um, I, I laughed a little bit because I was like in New York. I said to Justin, when I lived there for a few months and my husband was working full-time, I didn't want friends. I just wanted to do right. everything by myself because there's so much to do in the city, <laughs> but that's not a good answer. Um, however, you are lucky to be in one of the cities where you can legitimately have a wonderful time by yourself um, with all the great things on offer. Yes. However... Sometimes it's fun to share things with friends. Yeah, and I think in New York too, you, you kind of have this idea that you're going to be like sex in the city walking around with all your mates. Yeah, right? true, and, true. Um, not yeah. bad. But, um, and I've moved, yeah. I moved to Melbourne from Sydney, which is not the same, but I had to start again with all my friendship circle and it was hard. And even when I moved from the country to Sydney when I was just up for uni, I had a very miserable year with no friends. Yeah. And you're right, it usually yeah. they do come through work. And in the end, most of them did come through the job that I eventually found myself in um but I think it's different now like you do have things like social media that can probably make connections a bit swifter because you can sort of screen a little bit more and just find groups that you're interested in I think social media can sometimes also maybe hold you back as well though because if you're too busy you know facebooking all your friends at home and getting a bit of FOMO with what's happening without you that I'm, I'm sure could probably hold you back from just getting out there and, and living. But it, mm. it is hard. And I think making friends as an adult, people, it, you know, you don't prioritise it, but, mm. you know, you do. And I think the friends that I've made as an adult, like, you know, from late 20s on are probably, you know, they're the friends that you have for life. So it's not you've like... you've chosen them. You haven't just been in exactly. the same area as them, unlike school or uni or work. Um, what about things like... I know these are so cliche and it sounds like I'm on a website, but like you know, going to a night school or volunteering and things like that. Or, I was going to say, can you steal some of your husband's workmates' partners? Is that a possibility? Yeah. So I'm, I've been known to do I'm that. a writer as well. So <laughs> I've started going to, like, try to join uh, writers' groups and things like that. So I'm trialling out a bunch of places to see, sort of, you know, finding people that fit. Um, and, yeah, um, I think the next stage is going to be working on, on stealing some of my husband's work <laughs> friends. But um, <laughs> it's sort of, I think he's trying to find his place mm. in a new city as well and how, you know, it works differently than it does back home. So mm. he's, like, his partners don't seem to be involved as much as they do um, back in New Zealand. But, yeah, I think I think that's definitely 
an option coming up and I guess just keep pursuing the the writer's stuff and seeing if there's a a fit there but hopefully next year I think I'll be able to work which might help as well you know writers are inherently introverts too though right so if you're going to go to a writer's club they're all going to be introverts yeah exactly this is a part of the problem here everyone else seems to be chatting about the chance to meet people but as soon as the group finishes everyone runs away because nobody wants to talk to anyone else um, they just want to automatically get to that friend stage I guess but did you I, I mean I laughed when I read your question because I always tease Zoe about how she moved to Melbourne and has no <laughs> No friends She's now. A good friend, just <laughs> um, but uh, what did you? What, what did you do? How did you? Because you've now established a group of friends. I do have a group of friends, and, and my best friend has come from my partner's world because um, he had a, lo- a lot of great You're female right. friends. Um, but otherwise, some of them I didn't pay, as does would have you believe. I actually found through <laughs> um, actually Instagram some of them because I would just comment on that I liked their work and they were local, like um, they owned a, a patisserie or were an artist and then, you know, you start chatting a little bit on Instagram and then you're like, hey, should we go for a drink? And so it sort of flowed like that. But Melbourne's a bit smaller than New York. Right, However, okay. Yeah, so I did. I actually found Instagram to be really useful in that sense. That was me just making connections, I guess, not with the intent to find friends but just as an admiration sort of thing and then it flowed from there. There's got to be so much too and I yeah, think while you're in that incredible city to just pretend that you've got the friends and get out there every morning yeah. as if you're going out with a group of friends and still <laughs> eat in the restaurants even if you're by yourself and still yeah. go to shows and do all those things and, and just appreciate that time. Yeah. You're so lucky. Yeah, you're yeah. so lucky. That's an amazing. Story. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, I think sometimes it's uh, good to get out of your own head and realise that it's actually it's better now that it's not so hot. It's too hot in the summer <laughs> to do stuff, but now it's cooler and you can actually explore a bit better. So, yeah, maybe getting out of my own head will be the first challenge. And I reckon, like, as opposed to a writing group, maybe like a class like whether it's an exercise class or some sort of schooling is different because you're all there and you're invested to learn something rather than, I think writers groups are a little bit different, but you could find different people of different walks of life rather than just all writers. Find Soul Cycle to be a very yeah, friendly a place. <laughs> yeah, everyone's really happy at Soul Cycle. <laughs> but enjoy the city. It's wonderful at Christmas time. And, and, and try not, sorry to be a bit of a hippie yeah. here, but try not to focus on the lack of friends, but instead, as Jess said, walk around thinking that you do have friends and you will connect with people and that it's just going to happen. It's inevitable. You will not be friendless. Of course you'll make friends. And I think it's important to think as yeah. if you already have the friends rather than constantly thinking, I wish I had friends. That's good advice. I, I think I needed uh, somebody else to kind of say that. Sometimes it's good to get it from outside of your sort of yeah. circle and everything else. So, yeah, uh, get out of my own head. And as soon as you can start working, um, <laughs> it will all flow as well. So, good luck. Enjoy yeah, yourself. Yeah, I think that'll change. Okay, bye, Anna. See you. Bye. bye. See ya. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Sarah. This Hi. is Justine and Zoe. <laughs> How's it going? Good. Tell us about your scenario. Well, my dilemma. <laughs> thanks for being here to help me with my life. Any time. <laughs> well, my ex-boyfriend, he clearly wants to get back together, but I just want to be friends. So I'm wondering if hanging out and staying in touch is going to cause more harm than good. You already know the answer, don't you? <laughs> I can tell even from your answer, your question. Um, I have very strong feelings on this, so I'll blast first and then maybe Jules will come in and pick it. up the pieces. But no, I don't think you can be at all. I think it's called a breakup because it's broken and I think, especially if one of you has an agenda, at which point this sounds like it's 
very clear that your uh, ex-boyfriend wants to get back together, that just hanging out with him is leading him on and giving him false hope. Yeah. You've got other friends. You don't need to hang out with him anymore. But then I think that leads to the question of like, why is this a dilemma for you? Because do you have maybe some feelings yeah, still feelings. going on? Be- because otherwise, I think mostly if you break up with someone and, you, and you're really broken up, you, you, you don't yeah. really care about being their friend. Yeah. For a while. I mean, maybe well, you do eventually, but in the initial stage, is it something well, that you really need? it's been a while since we've been broken up, but we're actually family friends and we were friends for a long time before we started dating, so it sort of complicates things a bit. There's no saying that you can't be friends eventually, but I, I reckon that there has to be no agenda on either party. Yep. And usually that's when you both find new partners. Then you can be friends again because no one's trying to get into the other one's pants or try and rekindle anything. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so that would be my thinking and I'm a pretty clinical in these circumstances and like to keep things clean cut but I reckon just for now, no, especially if he's hurting and he's trying to have you back, I think it's probably more yeah. fair of you to not hang out with him. Are you forced to see him at family events and things like that? Sometimes, um, but it's not really anything too long or anything. That's kind of good because then I think like that leaves you, you don't have to go clean break mm. And then yeah, because be we civil. still do see each other and it's not awkward, which is good. But, um, yeah, probably just not initiating any massive hangouts, it no. sounds like. Because some people do it and they try and still have this faux relationship going and just enjoying yeah. some benefits and familiarity when really they know it better. And you're not going to find new partners if you still kind of hang out. That's exactly it. I think when those benefits fulfil you in in some sort of way, you don't have any reason. You're not hunting out. Yeah, keep hunting. (laughs) Just I don't think you're hunting, but (laughs) you're not open to it. Yeah, yeah. It sort of yeah puts blinders on you a bit. Yeah, it's easy and it's 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 really easy and it's a bit lazy if I'm honest. But you know what? It's different for everybody. So you sounds like you've got a bit of a complex one, but I reckon you can manage it. I like this advice. Thank you. <laughs> He's going to come after us now. <laughs> Hunt us. Um, so there you go, Sarah. We um, it was lovely to speak to you. Nice to chat. Help. Thank you for talking to me, Zoe and Justine. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. Hello, Leah. Thank you. Hi, Leah. This is Justine and Zoe. Hi, Leah. Good morning. Hi. How are you going? Good. <laughs> Thanks for answering. <laughs> yeah. So tell us um, about your situation. Okay. Um, so. Probably what I'm feeling at the moment. So I've just had I've got a six month old and two and a half year old and um now I'm feel like I suppose I'm just kind of feeling a bit lost in that, you know, is this it? Like I I I actually quit my job to fall pregnant with my first, so I never had a job to go back to and then um and also because it took me three years to fall pregnant, you know, in the lead up I kinda of felt like I was at an age where we had to get on with number two pretty quickly so we so that's why we've had them in the short space of time and now I find myself I'm 38 and no job to go back to apart from being mum of course but and I think because in my head I think well in my head I can see that as a job it's I, definitely no, it's a job it's, it's a, a big, big bloody job. hard I, job I, I was I was working in banking and finance and you know had a fairly good career before that as a couple we've decided that we don't really want our kids to go to full-time daycare just to go back to work if we don't you know like we can we can push through um and now that um like I'm no longer pregnant my baby's six months old and she's going well and you know I just kind of it's a bit like Groundhog Day and I probably don't deal with it very well 
And I don't think you'd be alone um, at all in that, Leah. You know, you've you've got a six-month-old still. You really need to kind of just take a step back and give yourself a massive round of applause because you are still deep in the thick of it. Deep. And the fact that you're even thinking about what's coming next and all this, and of course you do because, you know, we're all women who want to achieve things and have a successful full life in every area but my god you're still so deep in it yeah and no wonder it feels like Groundhog Day it is Groundhog Day legitimately is and especially if you've come from the really fast-paced exciting world of corporate finance to looking after two non-verbals every day of course you're going to go mad you're going to go bonkers I think we know that even from our experience with one at that age um I die on a Sunday still (laughs) by Sunday night I'm ready to dig myself in a big deep hole and not look at anyone ever again yeah so be kinder to yourself and and remember what you're doing is a very important job even if you don't consider it as one it definitely definitely is and it's not forever it's just that crazy phase when the kids are really young for the first few years where everybody goes mad and, and and it's yeah. never harder than it is today. Yeah. Like every day that they're a little bit older, every day, you know, you become more yourself and and um, remember who you are and what your interests are outside of what colour the poo is and all of those things. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I love my kids more than anything. Like I wouldn't, I actually, I wouldn't change the situation for anything. But you just feel every day a little bit more of yourself is lost because yes, <laughs> well, I don't even know what to do totally. to relax anymore. Because <laughs> my husband says, oh, you know, well, you've got to have a rest when they rest. Oh, no. Mm, <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, when does everything get done? Yeah, <laughs> but you know, having um, said that, I do think that is an important step is to to look after yourself, and it's in weird ways that will happen. But I think the first one is to it, you're obviously in a any mum can relate to is a, a Groundhog Day cycle of and also the negativity. But I think that you've got to remember negativity is a self fulfilling prophecy, and the more that you say I'm in a rut, it's Groundhog Day, everything's the same, the more that that will continue to happen, and you'll feel that that is your reality. So even though you, yeah. it's really hard when you're tired and you're bored of it sitting on a rug playing with a toy you have to try and remember to be positive and to think Mm -hmm. about what's ahead and also be what what you're in right now because they're going to be at high school and not want to talk to you soon (laughs) um and also your career's not over and it might be a different career and it's not a crazy idea for you to start thinking about what you might want to do in the workforce in a year or two's time because it sounds like you're the kind of woman who needs that in your life and that's nothing to feel guilty about. Jazz and I both work very hard and our parents as well and I think that that's completely normal and and good in fact. And it's an amazing opportunity you've got to um to be a mum now and to use that time to, you know, while it's relentless, it, it's also a time that you, you can spend just reflecting and deciding what path you really want um, after this and working out ways, you know, strategies that you can kind of achieve that when you're ready and when the time is right for your family. Yes, a lot of mothers go on to be incredibly successful entrepreneurs because they have time in this moment to think about all the things that are wrong and shitty with all the baby products they use and they make better ones. <laughs> and that's yes, not, yes. that's um, totally being true there so it is a time when you do have a little bit of space to think about what you can do later and what you can do to make your life better even now I think and also being grateful for things as well um making sure that they're little things that you are grateful for every day and and little changes they can help just the little baby steps and I think part of it is just being overtired and then of course and your mind and so when you're overtired everything just feels like there's a big cloud over it. Yes, you start to get depressive. Um, It's a real thing. And be mindful of that as well because you're not really in your true state of mind just now. And sometimes it might be just easy to go, I'm in a cloud for now and just own it and just go, this will pass. Right now I can just 
eat toasted cheese sandwiches and complain about the washing. That's okay. Won't be like that forever. <laughs> and also I think making sure that your husband is prepared, you know, knows what you're going through and is prepared to, you know, whether you say that every Tuesday night you go off and have, I don't know, so a drink with your girlfriend yeah. or a little craft night or you do a meditation class that you're never allowed to miss. Like that. that's not a it's it's a, it's like going to work. It's non-negotiable, and that's your thing yeah. that you do, and that's completely your own time. And then sometimes you might drive the long way home and sit in the car for a while outside yes. and listen to a podcast, <laughs> um, which we both don't know to do. Yeah. And also exercise. It's a such a cliche, but that is the thing that can help shift depressive thoughts and and make you feel a bit better about everything. Hang in there. Mostly would be yeah. our advice. It's it will pass. Get better. <laughs> it will. It will get so much better. And we can't wait to buy your baby product. Yes. God, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Take Bye. care. All the best. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hello. Hi, Dakota. Hey, how are you going? Good. Congratulations on engagement and soon-to-be wedding. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I love this stage. This is my favourite part, planning the wedding. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not too excited about it, though, to tell you the truth. Uh. I'm sort of, I have a bit of family drama and that's um, kind of dampens my enthusiasm a little bit, unfortunately. Let's yeah. hear it. So, my mum, basically my mum and dad divorced around 15 years ago, um, and dad's since remarried the woman that, um, with the woman with whom he had an affair, um, and mum and dad always had this agreement that, you know, Sue wouldn't be part of our family celebrations, and that's fine, we've always done sort of Christmas and birthdays and everything um, separately, um, my sister's wedding, she wasn't, she wasn't invited, and that was sort of all fine. But Dad sort of made it pretty clear recently that he'd really like it to be invited. But my emotional brain sort of really feels for my mum because I know that that would just really upset her. So I think as a mother, mm. you and and um, I think in your email it mentioned that she she raised you as a single mother um, as mm, well, yeah. and you feel maybe in your gut that it's the right thing to side with her. And I would. I would urge you to do that. And I think there's a way to do it elegantly maybe and it's to take maybe your father and stepmother out for dinner and just explain mm. your situation but not in a this is open for discussion but this is what I've decided and that you you love Sue mm. and of course she's part of your life but this is a big one. And also I think for your mum she's already probably stressed about the wedding in a million different ways and she just won't enjoy it and I think she deserves totally. to enjoy and it. And I don't think she will. Yeah, and I, do, I feel so loyal and, and protecting her because, you know, we were with her you know, and there's years after the divorce, so we sort of, you know, understand what she went through. Um, I think you've answered your question. Look, this is such a, a big moment for any mother, I think, watching her daughter walk down the aisle and for it to be tainted in any way. Um, I, you know, I think it's it's stealing something much more from her than we'll be stealing from your stepmother. And also there was an agreement, Dad. Like, honour it. Yeah. <laughs> you can't change the agreement yeah, because time has lapsed. That's why you have agreements. Well, well he's sort of, he's kind of years, you know, you know, a lot of time has passed and it should be water under the bridge, but I just feel like it's not really his... Does your mother have a new partner? Consequences. No. Yeah, see, that's another thing as well. Maybe if she'd found love again and was happily married, she might change her mind too. But guess what, Dad? She hasn't. So, yeah, yeah it's different for her. What's your relationship like um, with your father's partner? Is there something that you can do that's special with her in the morning? Could you have breakfast with her or yeah. something that made her feel like you've kind of gone out of your... or makes your dad feel like you've gone out of your way to make her feel 
somewhat included. That's a really nice idea. Yeah, maybe I could do that. Maybe not on the day, Jazz. It's pretty stressful. Maybe the night before. <laughs> yeah. that, that's stressful too. Or maybe yeah. I can yeah. party the weekend after. Yeah, something like yeah. that. <laughs> later, later. Maybe next yeah. Christmas. <laughs> so glad that you said that because, yeah, I mean, I think that's where my heart was at. Yes, we'll go with that. This is your wedding day. It should be a celebration, not obligation. Do it your way. Do it. Thank you. <laughs> I want to see your wedding photos. Can you send them to us? <laughs> Enjoy it. Yeah. Thank you so much. All the best. Bye. See you. Hello, Claire speaking. Hi, Claire. Hello. Hey, Zoe. How are you going? Good morning. Well, thank you. So it's a pleasure to speak to you. <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you answer the call. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, okay. Thanks for not leaving us hanging. <laughs> Tell us about your situation. I've just come out of a long-term relationship and um, I was with my partner for 14 years. Um, we, were, we weren't married, but we had a house and dog together and we've been talking about starting a family as well. Um, but meanwhile, he's, he's recently gone away on a Bucks weekend and came back a completely different person. Um, I've since found out he cheated on me and so I now find myself 31, single and at a massive crossroads in my life that I didn't see coming. Um, needless to say, we're no longer together but I just feel very lost and scared about the future. Um, you know, I've been in the same long-term relationship for almost half my life and the thought of the crazy life of Tinder and online dating scares the absolute hell out of me. Not that I'm ready to rush into anything just yet but um, yeah, the other battle is being able to trust someone again so I guess my question would be, how do I best navigate this new and unexpected phase of my life? It's only been six weeks since we broke up, but I feel so many mixed emotions. And rightly so, because yeah. that is a big, big left turn that you wouldn't have seen coming. So are you, what is your like literal situation with him right now? You're obviously not living together or anything anymore. I've actually left him at the house. Um, we've got to do a few things before we sell it, um, but I'm living with my my dad at the moment um good i'm glad that yeah you're so we're away. just yeah yeah behind us doesn't feel like they're the same anymore no um, yeah this is classic breakup stuff this is horrible this is the horrible gloomiest saddest most confusing bit and i'm sure you've been through anger and grieving and you may still be yeah um and that's yeah. all completely normal and i really urge you to just really get theatrical with it and let it all out <laughs> because it's yeah. so important to <laughs> yeah. deal with it properly yeah. before you move forward because you can't see that he chose to cheat on you as distrust in every man or every relationship because this was an incident that was very unfair and very uncool of him but it was his choice to do that and not all men will be like that Um, and you know in a funny way he did you a favour because he clearly wasn't trustworthy and the relationship Mm. it's it's really sad but whatever happens in the future this needed to happen. Something wasn't right for him to have yeah, done that. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. Claire, what was his take on it? Wait, was it like a one-off thing and he's apologetic? Um, I think we got to that stage in our relationship where we both admitted that we, you know, we still sort of love each other, but the, the love, you know, that passion's gone and we wish we sort of met later in life because when, mm. we, when we first got together, I was 17, he was 18. So we've grown up together, you know, in our 20s and been through all that you know, ups and downs. We've lost some um, family members along the way and we've been through a lot together. Um, so it was, you know, we're at that crossroads in our life where we were deciding whether to start a family and I was the one that was a bit hesitant for the last couple of years because I had um, a job I loved and wanted to sort of dedicate, you know, time towards that and travel a bit more, which I have done. Um, that's when I've sort of been ready, you know, for the last four months. I sort of said, yeah, let's start trying for a baby. Um, and I think it just freaked him out. And you know, to give to his credit, he's he's going through a lot. His mum's sick with cancer, and it's a pretty you know 
a mess we've, we've found ourselves in. But at the end of the day, deep down in my heart, I know that there is a reason why this is happening yeah. um, and that we're not meant to be together. Okay, yeah, that's good. As hard as that is to admit. No, yeah. that is horrible. But yeah, no, Jazz had a good point because it might yeah. have just been symptomatic of something else in a one-off. But if, if you feel like it was going to happen and it's probably for the best in some weird crazy way then that's good yeah yeah and it's so normal that you're in this crazy readjustment stage because it's your entire adult life that you've been with him you you don't really know how to be an adult without him in your life and you have to make new habits and you have to make new friends and you have to let go of so much but I am a firm believer that breakups are a gift and they really really are and this gives you a chance to blossom and bloom and I think it's really common that you have a really big relationship in your 20s and then most of the time it dissolves and then you have the real one in your 30s and that's the one where you're an adult and you've made an adult decision to be with someone because you have very similar morals and values and you love the same stuff. So yeah. that, that's a really normal pattern and, and very... I mean, it happened to both of us. It went to, we'd both been there. I had a 10-year relationship and, and now I'm yeah. with... Yeah, so it, it changes yeah. and um, and I, I, I would really... I mean, I know you're still in the really hard bit but coming up is the best bit because you get to be selfish and and think about you for once and just do all the stuff that you've wanted to do and enjoy your friends and enjoy your career and love will come again you know how to do love you know how to do relationships none of that's a question it's just now you get to be with a guy who would never do that and and treats you like a one chance and not a guy who thinks he might get a second chance or anything like that so yeah exactly yeah yeah. so I I think if you can try and see it as a positive is a is a really great point um even through all the sadness can I throw in some controversial potentially controversial advice I'm sure Zoe's going to disagree with this (laughs) doesn't matter but I am all for tinder in this very early stage of a breakup because I don't like a thing I mean it's I've I've never been single in the era of Tinder either. However, (laughs) I do think there's something quite empowering about it and the fact that you can just be a little bit distracted and you don't even have to ever see the person. No, it's a wonderful... You can just flirt and it's exciting when a little message comes into your phone and maybe that's kind of just a mild distraction. Oh, yes. Take the ego and the... Because the ego sort of leads to a little bit of empowerment and this is a time when you need to feel like you're empowered and you're in control. Definitely. And having men stroke your ego is never a bad thing. You don't have to follow through, but you can. Some girls think that some girls love having casual sex after a breakup because it sort of cleans the slate. I'm all for that. Yeah. So whatever works for you, and it might not be that or it might be that, but um, there's no real rule in this point, except my one rule would be try not to contact your ex because I think you both need some some time apart and and to be a bit clinical about it if possible. Are you allowed to talk about your new project, Zoe? Uh, not yet. Yeah, no, we'll but I'm a bit breakups obsessed. <laughs> I, I, I really, I'm a big champion of breakups. I think they're wonderful, and I think the more that you can see them as that gift is, it can only serve you. And have fun being single. I think a lot of people look at single as a big scary thing, but my god, the things you can get done. And 31 still. 31 is such a puppy. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, you know when you're there and you feel like you know. Just the beer on the end, or I yes, don't know. I do. I've got some amazing girlfriends that are starting their families, and I've got some other amazing girlfriends that are. It can happen you know, very quickly. Up don't worry. And, you know, it's true. people and yeah, exactly. And they're you know just they're just amazing at the moment. There, one's moved overseas. You know, the others starting their own business. It's just oh, who knows what you can do? You can do yeah, all those so things. Yeah, so these girls are single, and they're just they've been incredible um, support. We call ourselves the Lady Circle. There we go. And um, oh, that's what yeah, we're here. So, can you get yeah, matching bonus? Really yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and you're um, just at such a good age for it because, it, you know, you are, yeah. you're independent, you know what you are, you know who you are yeah. and, yeah. you know, you're not floundering. You can just 
now get out there and live the life that you're meant to be living. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Enjoy it soon. I know it's too soon to say that, but it, it's a good thing. And we wish you the very, very best. Go work on oh, your Tinder thank profile. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate your time. <laughs> Pleasure. Bye. Bye. Hello. Hi, Christy. This is Justine and Zoe. Morning. Hello. Oh, hi. How are you going? Is, is this bright and early for you? Oh, gosh. I've been up all night with the teething baby, oh. so it's like, oh, nothing works. We know that feeling. <laughs> we do. Nothing does oh. work. <laughs> I slept on a floor last night. Oh. No, oh my God, my back. Oh, <laughs> poor thing. It's all worth it, isn't it? Eventually. Yeah, when they pay your mortgage, it's really <laughs> worth it. So true. Take it to the Oscars. Tell yeah. us about your dilemma. So my dilemma is obviously I'm a first-time mum to a nine-month-old girl. Um, my husband's a FIFO worker, so he does fly and fly out on the opposite side of the country. His rosters um, since Bubba was born was four weeks away and only six days home. That's so, hardcore. Oh, Poor so thing. hardcore. Definitely being challenging. Is there's no affection shown over the phone. Mm. No. Now, um, well, you'd be tired and, always, and feeling a bit cranky because you've just been with a child all day. It's the last thing you're well, thinking that, about. Yeah. That's it. And you kind of expect your husband to be like, hi, honey, how was your day? And then sort of he gets like, he'll get on the phone and just talk about work. And you're like, what about me? Mm. <laughs> so that's I tough. guess, um, you know, he's fatigued when he comes home because he does night shift over there. And I kind of guess, well, I kind of feel like, well, I've been working, you know, pretty much around the clock for four weeks. Sometimes I just mm-hmm. love if you could just do the washing or do oh. something. But It's mother porn, um, isn't it? It's mother porn. It's so crazy. Do the bloody so, laundry. And it's that, that <laughs> thoughtfulness in those jobs make you feel loved and adored, which make you feel sexy and confident, which in turn becomes into affection. Exactly. So I feel like it's so true. So at the moment, I just feel like we are two passing ships. And I mean, this call is so meant to be today because he's actually due home at eight o'clock tonight. (laughs) We can be actionable about this. (laughs) Yes. Forever. So no more FIFO. That's amazing. That's great. It's amazing. But um, I guess my dilemma and my needed sister advice is how do you reconnect the spark again after obviously having a baby and um, just feeling so distant from one another you're in a real situation because you were literally distant as well you, you were on the other I side know, of the country yeah. and that's tough and plus you were single parenting which is I think there's it's safe to say there's probably a little bit of resentment build up maybe in there um, yeah. so I reckon that's hard and I also don't want you to be too hard on yourself I probably didn't feel like myself again in terms of a good partner for at least till my son was about a year old. Yeah. Um, and I started getting back into my normal clothes and feeling a bit more like me. So don't feel too bad. Your, your baby's still so young. Um, but I, I would say that you've got to feel good. I think for you to want to be affectionate, he's got to help you around the house a little bit, but also you have to feel confident. So do what that takes for you to feel confident. It could yeah. be anything. It could just be a nap or it could be going for a walk with some music. I don't know what it is, but I think you need to look after yourself a little bit. And when you're feeling better, then you'll have more headspace to deal with him and your relationship. Mm. And it's hard well, because like, yeah. we just don't, we don't prioritise no. our relationships no, when we've got a baby. All. And, you know, for yeah. good reason, we're keeping a person alive. Yes. But it's it's such an important thing to do and... I mean, I feel kind of qualified and completely unqualified to to help you here because my husband works away. Well, he's Mm. only away four nights on three, you know, four nights off, three nights on. Um, Yeah. So it's that same thing. And he comes in and I literally just kind of throw (laughs) our child at him and I'm like, yours, 
and then <laughs> I just go away and do something quiet. <laughs> yeah. So I don't handle it very well at all, but I do constantly think, really, I need to just have the babysitter books and even if it's the last thing you're thinking about, just try to go out to dinner together yeah. and try to kind of do some of those things that might but make that us remember that enjoy, we're humans. Yeah, yeah. and so we yeah, do. You're like, so right. I hate the term date night, but we do make it a thing, even if we only go out for some sushi and we're home within an hour because we're both exhausted. But I think date night exists for a reason, and that's for you guys to just have one-on-one. Yeah, and would you do that like once a week? Yes, or would you, once a yeah, week. just once a week. Yeah, right. right. And at that baby's aiming money for once so a year, it. but so does it once a week. <laughs> I do it once a week because otherwise we never see each other. But um, no, I, I really like it, and I think we just need to have that chat. Um, and also, now he's home. You know, you two will get into a rhythm again. It will take a little while to get it, but you know, once the baby's down, you two can watch your shows and have a glass of wine together, and that connection will happen a li- little bit organically as well. But you have to want it to happen. Um, and so does he. Yeah. So does both of you in your heart to want to reconnect. Because I bit. guess that's another thing. I'm also scared shitless of having sex again. So I haven't had sex yet. Um, I had quite a traumatic birth. I had a fourth degree oh. tear. So, oh um, God. So that was pretty traumatic, but I'm just like, even though the doctors are like, you're all healed, you're good to go, I guess it's that head thing that you're just like, oh, I'm just, I don't know if it's like for all mothers, but do you feel like having sex, you almost feel guilty? (laughs) Yeah, and also you're being touched all the time, I don't know if you're still feeding or anything, but you're a bit, you've got a baby on you all the time and so you kind of get a bit like, Oh, yeah. Just stop pouring me. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. really letting out a lot about my home life. <laughs> but a bit of, you know, a nice drink and, um, you know, affection. I think affection will help you feel and, in the mood. And sex is like sleep. Like sleep begets sleep, sex begets sex. Yeah, it does. You know, it does. You just Once kind you turn of on the tap, to, you just got to start. You do. You do. That's very true. Right. She's right. So, okay, yeah, it. we've all been there. You will get through it. You've done it before. You can do it again. Try it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Use whatever aids necessary. Night, <laughs> yes, I think alcohol would definitely help. Yeah, and yeah, buy yourself something courage. nice to feel good in or get your hair done. Do something superficial that makes you feel confident. Spray tan fixes well, everything. Yeah, all of those things. Well, that's, that's so true. How would you share, like, obviously – He's coming home now full time and I'm so used to being just the single parent pretty much but how would you sort of make him feel more involved um, you know sharing jobs and tasks do you know what I mean like is there any tips you girls have had that I would could just help with I really believe that you started how you mean it to continue so I think you just go one Saturday oh I'm out for the entire day and yeah. you don't leave instructions it's a sort of emasculating to do that and it, it steals some of their ability ability to to parent and their instincts if they're just being told and they're just sort of this robot who's doing what you're telling them i think you just you know just go out for the day or at least half a day if you're still feeding like just something Mm. take half a day for yourself and and try not to be like i'm the worst because i'll just send a little text just like a a helpful text like don't (laughs) forget to do this or something but someone once said to me you want your husband to be um a parent not an assistant and i think i was definitely guilty of that in the early days of going oh uh, that's so that's awesome yeah. yeah But That's a really good advice. Well, we wish you the best and enjoy your reunion yeah. this evening. We sure you have a wonderful thank, evening. <laughs> thank you. Look, thank you so much for your t- advice. I really, really, really appreciate it. It's our pleasure. Great tips. Lovely and, um, to talk You two to are you. amazing. All thank the best. you again. Well Bye. done. See you. Bye. Okay. Bye. Okay, I'm going to run through a couple of really quick questions. Um, 
without calling. I've recently become a manager for the first time and I've gone from being friends with my team to their boss. Most have been good about it, but one person's proving difficult, slacking off quite a bit because they think I'm a soft target. It's a tricky one to deal with. Any advice in dealing with it would be much appreciated. (laughs) You're a boss, you go. (laughs) (laughs) I am a boss. Um, Look, I just think this is your career. They're just your colleagues. You don't have to be everybody's friend. You just need to do it. I, it like I, 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 maybe I'm not the right person because I don't think I've ever really had a problem with being no, the authority. boss in that sense. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it's not going to take long. Maybe it's an adjustment period of a, of a couple of months while they get used to you being in this new role. But if you just do your job, then eventually they're going to see that you're not a soft target. Is it like that thing in prison movies where you have to have that first fight with the tough guy in the prison and show that you're to be respected. So maybe it's that thing where you've got to show your authority to the point where you know it's going to annoy them or it's going to make them feel uncomfortable just to prove that you are the boss and you're not a soft target. But while always still being friendly and lovely and normal self because you don't have to change into a robot because you're the boss. No. Obviously. You, you have to do it in your own way. But it's one of those things that women... We're not famously great no. at. We um, apologise for being in power and we, we're always super friendly and nice and we try and want everyone to like us all the time. But sometimes you're just the boss. And you, I don't believe that you have to be ruthless and you have to change your personality though. But I just still think you have to just go, well, this is, just has to get done. Yeah. And, and I think it will happen. There will be things that come up where you have to make a call and it's either you're crap at your job or, you yeah. know, you're good at your job and you'll just do that. Yeah. Yeah, you. Yeah, it's work, so... Treat it like work, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) You can find other people to go and have lunch with. (laughs) Okay, question from Chloe, who doesn't want to have kids but thinks the world wants otherwise. So how does she politely but firmly tell people where to go? She's thinking funny, sassy, but to the point, and I think that would be a Zoe question to answer. Honey, sassy person. Yes. um, And she also says, I thought with all the problems women can have with fertility these days, people would know better than to ask this invasive, personal, rude and sensitive is not your business question. But I continue to be proved wrong. So she's obviously had enough. And I understand that. I've got friends that don't want to have kids and I respect their decision. I think once you're a parent, you have to bite your tongue a little bit because you're like, it's so great. But also it's totally your own decision and you can do whatever you like. So I think... What would your comeback be? um, My comeback would be... I'd probably just put it back on them and go, oh, I don't know if we ask people that anymore, do we? Mm. Something like that where it's like it's forcing them to take responsibility for the question that is – because you don't want to be the one going, oh, that's very invasive or rude, even though it definitely is. And I think a lot of people it's a generational thing, like a lovely old lady at a cafe might say, oh, when are you thinking of having a child or another child or something? And it's no one's business. Particularly I think when you've you've owned this decision, you don't want to have them. So, you know, if somebody asks you, brush it off, it's kind of – their weird, insensitive, exactly. yeah, personal problem. Yeah, but also they, they might not be asking to be rude and insensitive. It might be just something that they ask, everybody. So I think it's more about you just owning it, but I don't think it hurts a little bit to put it back on them to coach them for next time they ask somebody that. <laughs> Question from Reggie, just a quick one. After my evening shower, I'm just – I'm. I'm going to be Reggie here. After my evening shower, I don't go to bed for a few hours. So do I apply my skincare straight after the shower or do I wait till I brush my teeth and about to jump in the sack and then apply? Oh, my God. I feel like all my years of beauty writing has not been – no one's noticed. There's so (laughs) much information out there about this, dear Reggie. You have to put skincare on immediately after your skin is dry because as soon as you jumped out of the shower or the bath, the skin evaporates all that water and it leaves it more dry than ever. So you have to quickly – Renourish it and put on your serums and your skincare. So straight away, don't leave your skin dry. Don't leave your skin dry. I was a beauty editor for fourteen <laughs> years and I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, you shouldn't leave your skin dry for more than a few minutes. 
if possible. Only when you've put it under extreme water. Like if you got out of a pool or a swim, surely you'd want to put something back in there, right? No. Okay. Well, Reggie, that's my opinion anyway. (laughs) Question from Anon. Love Anon. I love Anon. She's always writing into things. (laughs) She's busy. (laughs) Her emails. Um, She's 19 and has no clue what she wants to do career-wise in the future. She's really lost, has no direction. She says she's considered taking a gap year working and travelling, but it doesn't seem very viable and I haven't reached the level of independence to do so. What do you think I should do? I really don't have a big passion on things. I just feel lost. It's so normal at 19 to feel so lost. And also it's so normal to feel like you haven't reached a level of independence to do a gap year. That's exactly why you do the gap year, to get that level of independence because there's nothing like travel to throw you sideways and make you grow up. Um, I moved from the country to the city when I was 17 and took a year off between high school and uni and it was such a stupid idea. I don't know why I did it. I don't know why I did it. It was a miserable, lonely, so horrible year. Well, really? I did, ter- I did telemarketing. I did night packing for Coles. I was a promo girl. I had no friends. And I don't know what my point of it was, except it now makes me look back and go, I remember being broken, miserable. <laughs> I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. And I was so happy to finally get to uni and start life again. So I would just be wary of going, you know, twiddling your thumbs a little bit. I would choose a direction, any direction, whether that is a gap year or whether it is working, but do something. And, you know, 19 is the time to, to make stupid decisions yeah. without feeling yeah. that something is viable. Can't do that later. You've got so many repercussions and responsibilities. Absolutely. I was 19 when I moved to London. I think I made the decision and moved there four weeks later with $200 in my pocket and a denim jacket. Like, Thank God you went denim. Imagine <laughs> if it had been leather. It was the 90s. I, I had to get off the plane. It was freezing cold. I had to go and buy a leather jacket with my $200. But what a learning curve. I'm so glad you did that. Well, so am I now. But, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing. It didn't. I didn't have it planned. It didn't feel viable, and I definitely wasn't independent. No. But that's the time to do it. It's exactly the time and to do it. That's the finding of and, yourself. And this is the time to feel lost. It's okay. It's perfectly normal. Everyone else feels lost too. I know. Just and pretending. We, li- we live in a world now, though, where people are, you know, inventing Oculus Rift and selling it off for two billion dollars at nineteen. And so there's this sense that everybody's doing all these crazy things at a really young age. But that's not everyone. They're just the exceptions. But also, even if you invented about. Oculus at twenty three, is fine. So you've still got a few years. <laughs> Oculus 2. Maybe you won't reach 10 billion, but you could reach 5. Uh, you'll be fine. Enjoy. We want to be you. <laughs> Thanks, Zoe. That was some excellent agony, Auntie. We didn't even have a cup of tea and a nice cup of sauce. We need to we do have a wine next time. <laughs> yes, we do. I'll give you uh, all Zoe's mobile number. You can call her for advice anytime. <laughs> Thank you. I'll give you Justine's also. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye.